Hi, welcome to Horrendous, a Best Friends podcast. I'm Callie, and with me is the apple cider to my champagne, Elizabeth. Hell yeah. Now that's a speech. Thanks. I I just came up with it. (laughs) Our intro from last week, um, you know. Vodka and orange juice because that's an appropriate wedding speech. I'm I'm still not over that. If you haven't guessed, <laughs> like it just was like, and literally, I know we already talked about this, but I was so like stunned that she was just like, yeah, you guys make a great couple, and like it really was like she didn't put any effort into the speech. And I remember looking over at my sister Jessica. When we're listening to the speech, or before the speech has started, and I said, this, I said, if this maid of honor doesn't bust out note cards like you did when you gave my speech, she failed. <laughs> so. I mean, you just went on my wedding, like, on the fly. Which. And it's fine. Made everybody cry. Yes. It's fine because you've known me forever. And then on top of that. It's also the second speech you've given for me. Well, and also, too, I feel like it was better than the first speech I gave for you, number one. Number two, yes, it's so unlike me because normally I would have had, like, probably three pages worth of stuff. And I, for some reason, every time I sat down to try to write a speech, I was just like, I don't know what to write. Fuck it. I'm going to wing it. And you know what? It turned out to be like the best wedding toast ever. Like literally, I narrate your wedding video. Yes. I was going to say, your, almost your whole speech minus the Jonathan Davis stuff is in my video. But no, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. She should have left that in. Poor Patrick's speech did not make it in the video at all. (laughs) And he did, you know, to his credit, he did give a really nice speech. I honestly can't remember what he said. It just, Patrick, I know you're going to listen to this. Your speech was great. It was very sweet. It was very heartfelt. It just was not as good as mine. I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) It wasn't. But I'm glad everyone got to enjoy their day. Yeah. Real quick, I want to bring up something from last episode. Okay. And add on to it. I've already texted you this. Okay. Hold on. I'm looking at my texts right now. Oh, I don't remember when I texted it to you. Oh, okay. Oh, is it it what Keely said? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, I I knew we have to tell this story. And I did screenshot your text and I sent it to my mom. And I'm gonna, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna screenshot. Did I, did I send you what she sent me? No. Okay. I'm gonna screenshot what she sent me and send it to you. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. So Keely did not listen to that episode. He is not even two years old. He heard none of it. I wear headphones when we record. I wear headphones when I edit. He was sitting on my bed. And he was looking at the bathroom and the door again. And he was like, Paulina's working. I'm like, what? And he said, Paulina's working. I'm like, okay. And I repeated it back to him. It was like, Paulina's working. Okay. And he was like, Paulina's ghost 
<laughs> okay, you didn't tell me that part. That's alarming. So you can finish, and then I'm going to tell you, because I actually talked to my mom this week, and <laughs> I, I can uh, tell I want to tell you what she told me, or what I told her, because this piggybacks off of in the episode as well, so... Yeah, so that was really weird. And then I was like, Paulina's a ghost? And he's like, Paulina's a ghost. And the other thing is, he loves ghosts. Like, I don't know what what happened with this kid, but he's just like, spooky, spooky ghost. I want to, like, what do you want to be for Halloween? A ghost. Do you want to be a pumpkin? No, a ghost. So he is definitely your kid. And let me tell you, when I woke up at, hold on, I want to check the time. Hold on. I, I'm trying to find the text. So I, because I tend to wake up like in the middle of the night, multiple times in the night. I'm not a good sleeper. I'm constantly having to get up and pee. I wake up at midnight to this text saying, Keely just told me that Paulina's working. And now he's saying ghost mama. Um, so maybe oh, he did yeah. say the ghost thing. So if you haven't listened to the episode before this, um, you really need to listen to it to understand. But the gist of it is my mom told a story on the podcast about how she had an imaginary friend when she was little that was an adult. And her name was Paula, Pauline, Paulette, like something like that. Like she couldn't quite remember, but it had like a Paula, Paul in, in the name. And right. so... Like Callie said, there's no way that Keely could have heard it. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He wasn't in the room when we were recording, and Callie wears earbuds, so there's no way he could have heard it. It's very bizarre. Yes. So I screenshot it, and I send it to my mother, who says, who sent me a kind of like a cringy, smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, well, maybe she's a guardian of some sort. So I was talking to my mom earlier this week telling her that the episode was released or whatever and we're talking about some other things and I was telling her the story again and she's like yeah that's so weird and then we got back onto the like she's talking to me about all the weird stuff again I'm like well we're thinking about doing another episode so you know anything you think of just like write it down or whatever and like you know we'll put it on another episode and then I said you know it's funny I said, maybe because you always have that floral scent that seems to follow you wherever you go. I said, maybe yeah. that's Paulette, Pauline, whatever, hanging out still. It's very yeah. weird. It was it was very weird. And then you seen the fucking shadow person behind me or whatever you saw. <laughs> I was prepared for you to text me and be like, I heard the weirdest shit in the background <laughs> while I was editing this episode. I don't think I can finish. Like, I was prepared for that. I was not prepared for your kid to be seeing uh, my mom's imaginary friend. Right. Um, it was so out of the blue. We know nobody by this name. I was just like, oh, my God. I wish I, like, I texted you. And I was mm -hmm. like, I wish I could text Chrysalis. I could have sent her a... Um, Facebook message. I don't no, know. Why I immediately I the next morning <laughs> screenshotted it and sent it to her. Um, she's like, it's so weird. Um, so, and, like, also, like your mom said, she 
quit seeing her after Sunny left. Yeah. But yeah, maybe because she was growing up, that's her first real like loss. And she's not seeing her anymore, but she's probably still around. And that's the perfume. So to piggyback off of that, I was thinking about it. And not to get too much into my mom's shit, but like her child, like when my mom, when my Mima was married to Sonny, my mom's biological father, he, I, he, I don't consider him my grandpa. My grandpa is Mike, right. who is married to my Mima. Um, they had a very tumultuous marriage, and he was like not a great guy. So like mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that this entity or whatever you want to call it would leave after Sonny was gone. Right. And it also makes sense to me. I know this, guys, this all sounds very woo-woo, but it's just, this is such a weird thing. Like, but it also makes sense to me, like, that if the floral scent that she still smells happens to be, you know, Paulette, Pauline, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. like, because of the stuff my mom has gone through in her life, that she would still be lingering around and this would be her, uh, like, her way of saying, like, hey, I'm still, you know hanging out still watching out for yeah. you yeah it's it, it was bizarre it freaked me out it gave me like i i have goosebumps now talking about it like it's it's wild <laughs> so yeah that's that's what i have to say about that and no now i have to stuff. sleep alone in a bed uh, <laughs> while my husband's out of town good times yeah. So, and I was thinking more of the shadows that I saw because uh-huh. I definitely saw shadows. Yeah. I know you're kind of like you're at the corner of your house. It could have been a car passing by. It could have. And then the lights in here have been acting really weird. So it could have been that too. But it still was so fucking freaky that I had just told that story and then you said that. Gross. It was right in that corner. Just- I hate it so much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, there's that. And then, I don't know. I don't know if I really have anything else before we jump into the episode. Uh, I read Sundown Motel on Elizabeth's recommendation. I did like it. I already told Elizabeth my one issue with it. Yeah, but it's but I will say it's not a continuing theme throughout the rest of her books. That's good. Because it was just like I you didn't even need to put that in there. No, like period. I've, I've listened because I listen to a lot of books at work. I've I listened I've listened to Sundown Motel, Broken Girls, and what was the other? Because they're all very good. And now I have, I'm actually going to read one of her books now I have. I requested it at the library. I will say I finished it in like two and a half days because it's I was good. like, I need to read this. And like the first day that I read, I read like a hundred pages and I went to bed and like I had the craziest like motel dreams. <laughs> The Book of Cold Cases. That's what it is. The Book of Cold Cases. Also very good. Okay. I like her writing style a lot. Yes. It's very capturing. It just immediately sucks you in. Yeah. No, it's very good. And she, yeah, it's, it's all right. Well, I guess let's uh, get into this episode. Okay. I'm here for it. So I'm, uh, 
I decided to keep up with our uh, theme from last week's episode of spooky stories. Yay! But these are not personal spooky stories. Um, I went in an entirely different direction, and I hope you enjoy it, because I enjoyed doing these notes. So, on this here podcast, we've discussed... Haunted bed and breakfast, haunted roads, haunted cemeteries, and a plethora of other spooky places and things. So, with it being in the month of October, and again, I wanted to keep up with our creepy theme of last week's episode, I decided to tell a few stories about a topic that we've only really kind of dipped our toes into, and that is haunted restaurants. Now, We have discussed two notorious haunted restaurants in previous episodes, The Limp Mansion and Pugin's Porch, which I highly encourage you to listen to episodes two and B-side number 15 for more on those stories. And I decided this would be a good opportunity to highlight a few more restaurants slash taverns slash bars slash dive slash diners, etc., whatever, um, with guests who just refuse to pay their bill and leave. So, listeners... Consider me your creepy guy, Fieri, and much prettier guy, Fieri. And join me on this week's yeah. episode of Horrendous Diners, Drive-Ins, and Ghosts Edition. So, stop number one. We're going to hang out where I last left us when I did my last episode. New Orleans, Louisiana, which is home <laughs> to many creepy places. And again, I don't know if you know this, but I've been to New Orleans. Mm. Uh-huh. I did not. We need a new bag. We need a new bag. Um <laughs> a new bag Sorry. for a new bag for Sarah to buy. Um, yes. <laughs> so our first stop is Muriel's. It's located adjacent to Jackson Square and has been a mainstay in the Crescent City since March 2001 and is not only famous for its food but also for its resident ghost. The owners restored the building to its mid-1800s glory, and in doing so, this may have actually stirred up the paranormal activity many would claim to have encountered over the years. Yeah, they don't like it when you rearrange. Don't fuck with their stuff. The building itself was constructed somewhere between 1743 and 1762 after the property was purchased by Jean-Baptiste Destrahan. I hope I said that correctly where he built a, quote, grand residence for his family. At the time the home was built, it was only second in extravagance to the French colonial governor's mansion. So very fancy. Super fancy. However, in 1776, when Destrahan died, the property was inherited by his son, who would unfortunately have to auction off the property when the family ran out of money. But their loss was Pierre-Philippe de Marigny's gain. He purchased the home as his second home and would come to the city from his plantation. March 21st, 1788 is the date of the infamous Good Friday fire that occurred in New Orleans. And when this happened, the residence was partially burned. And Marini simply seemingly abandoned this property afterward. And after about a decade, while the city was still rebuilding because the buildings are built so close together in New Orleans. 
basically yeah. everything caught fire. It's it was like it's kind of the it's like the equivalent of the Chicago fire. Everything burned. So about a decade while the city was still rebuilding, he sold the property to Pierre Antoine Lepardi Jordan, who in turn rebuilt the home, restoring it to its former glory and making a beautiful home for his family. Jordan loved his home and it was his most prized possession by all accounts. However, Jordan also had a really bad gambling habit, which would ultimately be his downfall and cost him absolutely everything. In 1814, Jordan wagered the home in a poker game. Dumb move, buddy. And sadly, he lost his home during this game. And before he was supposed to vacate the home, he was so overcome with grief over losing his most prized possession that rather than give it up, he went up to the second floor in the servants' quarters and died by suicide. Apparently, it is his love for his home and life that has tied him to it in death. When Muriel's opened, staff began to encounter odd occurrences, such as glasses flying from behind the bar 12 feet across the room and shattering against a brick wall and other objects moving around the restaurant. The owners did what any normal business owner would do, and they held a seance with a psychic to figure out (laughs) who or what was causing this activity. And it was discovered, allegedly, that it was the ghost of Jordan causing this chaos because he was feeling left out of the merriment being enjoyed by the guests in his home that he so much enjoyed in life. Apparently, um, he really loved to have parties and host and entertain. And this is actually like one of the stories that we heard on the ghost tour we went. Okay. So, as a solution, Muriel's has set up a permanent table with a spot always reserved for Jordan, with a glass of wine and a piece of bread at his place setting. Now, Jordan himself doesn't appear as a full apparition, but rather has been described as appearing as a glimmer of sparkling light that moves around the seance lounge on the second floor, which was built in the room where Jordan allegedly ended his life. Paranormal investigators who investigated the home or the restaurant claim to have seen shadow people. Why do these keep coming back? (laughs) (laughs) Moving around the courtyard, as well as hearing unknown voices. Jordan also has been said to make his presence known by touching people lightly on the shoulder, as well as whispering. No. And yep. Nope. Don't like that. And that table that they keep set for him every night. Well, you can actually reserve a spot at that table for up to four people as it is a five seater. So you always have, they always keep that spot for Jordan by paying extra. I've, I heard two different prices. I heard like 50 bucks extra. And I also heard a hundred bucks extra. So you can pay extra to actually sit at this table. And then you can also pay an additional cost to go up to the seance rooms. Also. I would pay for the seance room, not for the table. I mean, they got a really good business idea. No, right. I'm not shaming them. You don't want to eat with a ghost? Ghosts can't eat? Oh, my God. You know what I mean. You don't want to dine with a ghost? No. If I can't get drunk with it, I don't want it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So that was stop number one. Our next stop, we're going to make our way up north a little bit to Memphis. To Ernestine and Hazel's, known as, quote, the best dive bar in Tennessee. When the structure, now known for a good time, was originally built, it was built to serve as a church. Because why not? 
But over the years, it has gone through many different phases in life, serving as a pharmacy, a brothel, a sundry store, a jazz cafe, and now a dive bar. All right. Ernestine and Hazel were actually two very real ladies who were sisters who came to own the bar in the 1950s. It's also said that Ray Charles used to stay upstairs and do heroin and engage with sex workers. So quite the pet. Sounds like a great time. Sounds like Ray Charles. Right. If you've seen the movie Ray, you know what we're talking about. In fact, it is also said that 13 different patrons had died in the building over the years prior to its second life as a bar, which opened, which reopened in 1993 under the ownership of Russell George. Hazel and Ernestine were still closely connected to their namesake and were good friends with Russell. Hazel passed away in 1995 and Ernestine passed away in 1998. However, while she was still alive, Ernestine told Russell all of her stories about the place. And unfortunately, Russell died by suicide in 2016. According to an employee, piano music can be heard upstairs randomly and footsteps of people walking around. Many people have also captured orbs and photos that they have taken. And the same employee said, quote, you cannot take a picture on the second floor without catching an orb in it. All right. In the Vice article I read, the same employee told a story about a former employee who had such a scary experience they refused to go upstairs alone the rest of the time that they worked there. This employee worked at the bar for 15 years before this happened. And one day they went upstairs just to turn around and run back down the stairs in terror, out the door, and apparently all the way home. (laughs) Yeah. This former employee still refuses to talk about the experience because it scared them so much. However, the paranormal experiences do not seem to be limited limited to just the upstairs of Ernestine and Hazel's. The employee interviewed by Vice told a story of the day James Brown died. They said they were standing around talking about, you know, how James Brown had died. And then out of nowhere, the jukebox, which had been silent prior to this, started playing I Feel Good. Which, if you (laughs) have ever heard James Brown, you know the song, I feel good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's as far as we're going to get before we get sued for copyright. Right. All on its own. The employee also stated the jukebox seems to randomly play songs according to whatever it is people happen to be discussing. Also, people have also described the feeling of being touched and hearing disembodied voices in addition to full-body apparitions appearing in the crowd. One particular night, some patrons were sitting at the bar laughing about ghosts and talking smack about Ernestine and Hazel, which... Apparently, these people didn't know the phrase, don't speak ill of the dead. And how shitty. Why are you going to sit there and talk bad about two ladies who are not alive to defend themselves? Right. When out of nowhere, the lights went from very dim to very bright, all on their own, and the patrons immediately left. Good. Yeah, assholes. Right. Okay, so that was stop number two on this creepy restaurant crawl. Our third stop, we're going to move east to Savannah, Georgia. Now, Savannah itself is known for many ghosts, but for the purposes of this episode, we're going to focus on just one of its many stories. And we'll have more episodes in the future, I'm sure, to highlight the many different places in Savannah. Because there's a lot. It's a very old city. So... 
I'm specifically going to focus on the Moon River Brewing Company. And it is one of the most famous haunted locations in Savannah. So famous that Ghost Adventures. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Self-named king of the paranormal world himself, Zach Bagans. Yay. Has even filmed an episode there. And of course, he got scratched. He got possessed. It was the scariest night of his life. Did he beat up a ghost? He, at the very least, yelled at a ghost. Okay. The structure was built in 1821 by Elazer Early, who commissioned it to be built into the city hotel. The hotel was popular with the rich and elite. However, a little thing called the Civil War happened, and the hotel closed in 1864, shortly before General Sherman took over the city. The hotel never reopened and has been used for multiple purposes since then, but it has been used as a hospital many times, specifically during the yellow fever epidemic. Hmm. Sadly, many of those who were being treated for yellow fever died on the top floors, and among those were several children. Over the subsequent years, the building was used for many different businesses, but would eventually sit vacant for 20 years before being purchased and turned into the Moon River Brewing Company, which still operates today. But what makes this place so haunted? Certainly the sad deaths of hundreds of people due to yellow fever would be the reason, but apparently it also has been the site of multiple violent deaths as well. In 1832, a doctor named Philip Minus shot and killed a drunk man named James Stark inside the hotel. Stark apparently had a reputation as a troublemaker and as a drunk. Dr. Minus claimed to have seen Stark going for his gun first, and so he was acquitted of the crime. And in one of the bigger acts of violence on the property was the violent attack and beating of James Sinclair. Sinclair was from the north and had come to stay in town for a bit. The citizens of Savannah were not too keen on having a Yankee staying in their town and decided to rid the city of him because... That's, I guess, what people do. Right. What else Um, would you do? What else would you do? I mean, could just leave the man alone. Why would I be accepting, though? I mean... I don't know this person. I'm I'm totally kidding, obviously. No, I know. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A mob formed and marched into the hotel and demanded he leave the city. Naturally, Sinclair refused. I mean, yeah, he paid to stay at the hotel. So they did what normal people would do, and they stripped him down and beat the living hell out of him. Hmm. But because that was not enough, they also decided to drag him through the streets. Despite this awful attack, Sinclair actually survived. But many people believe this experience may have caused him to come back and haunt the building. According to many paranormal investigators and experts who have been into the, in the building, the basement of the Moon River Brewing Company is the most haunted area of the building. A spirit in the basement who employees have named Toby. Okay, don't they know the number one rule? Don't ever name it. Right. If you give it a name, it's never going to leave. And Toby is known to get frustrated with patrons and shove them as well as bump into them and can be seen walking around the basement. People have also reported cold spots, bottles being thrown or falling on their own, as well as being touched and turning around to see no one there. Don't like that. I've experienced it. It's not fun. On the main floor, people have also reported seeing liquor bottles fly through the air, being touched while they are eating, and women have reported becoming extremely cold in the restroom and even being locked in the bathroom stall. Oh. Yeah, not fun. 
No. The third floor of the brewery has its own lady in white because, of course. Of course. It can't be a haunted place without a lady in white. Or a lady in gray. Right. And she has been dubbed Mrs. Johnson. And she is seen wandering the third floor. During the 1990s, when the building was undergoing remodeling, the wife of the foreman was violently shoved down the stairs in a way that could not be explained as having just fallen. The foreman stopped the job and refused to return. Which, good for him. Like, right. no, you're not going to hurt my wife and expect me to come finish this fucking job. Right. Many other people have all have reported also being pushed or pulled, particularly around the stairs. And throughout the building, people have also reported hearing children laughing and playing. Nope, don't like that. Nope, nope no thank you. If you've nope. listened to this podcast, sorry, apparently people are street racing. I don't know if you can hear that. It, I think... Thought I heard something, but I thought it was on Fucking my end. Dupo. Anyway. Yeah, so if you've listened to this podcast, you know we don't like uh, children laughing and playing when they're not there. It's alarming. Or even when they're there. <laughs> <laughs> or even when they're there. Go to the other room. There is no joy allowed in this household. <laughs> uh, specifically on the fourth floor of the building, which was the area where many of the yellow fever victims died. Okay, we have reached the final stop on this ghostly journey. I hope you've had as much fun as I have. I'm not as I'm not as uh, energetic or bleach blonde as Guy Fieri, but I hope you've still enjoyed our trip nonetheless. <laughs> our final stop is located at 8933 Archer Avenue in Willow Springs, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, and it is the Iris Legend formerly known as the Old Henry. Now, if the Archer Avenue is pricking up some sort of, hey, that sounds familiar. Well, it should be if you've listened to this show because it is the stretch of road in the southwest side of Chicago that is home to the infamous Resurrection Mary. See, we're bringing all kinds of things back this episode. We are. I'm if loving you, it. And if you don't know about Resurrection Mary and how I've never seen her Go listen to B-side number one (laughs) for more details on her. It's a real joy to listen to. I promise. And if Elizabeth had seen her, we'd have a bag about it. 100%. And a (laughs) t-shirt. And I would never shut the fuck up about it. Right. As has been well documented on this podcast, if I've done something or been somewhere, I don't shut up about it. And I think that's what you all have come to love about me. Absolutely. Now. Except for your 15 minutes of fame. You don't want to talk about that. No, absolutely not. Because it was embarrassing (laughs) as hell. So you may also be thinking, now, Elizabeth, in that same episode, didn't you say that Theo Henry burned down? Well, yes, you would be correct. I did. But... The O'Henry, that was the actual last alleged known location of Resurrection Mary, is actually located across the street from this building and was also known as the O'Henry, but mainly the O'Henry Ballroom or the Willowbrook Ballroom. Supposedly, yes, may I help it's, you? It, it's like um, Crossroads. The tornado blew it over, and then exactly. they moved across the street. And but named now it it's something else. Some, yeah, like Corner Pocket, maybe? Uh, I don't horrible. know. Horrible. 
crossroads forever. Right. <laughs> Till the day we die. Um, the Irish legend, as it is now known, is often called the most haunted location in Chicago. But I think every location in Chicago calls itself that. So do with that information what you will. And was built in the 1920s as O'Henry's Roadhouse. See? Different buildings. I didn't lie. (laughs) And it was used as a speakeasy. And like most locations in the greater Chicago area, has alleged ties to Chicago's favorite New Yorker. Yep, that's right. Another thing we're bringing back this episode, Al Capone himself. See? Yeah. Yep. Full circle. Full full circle. Um, According to the legend, Capone had people murdered there and then hid the bodies. However, other people say that the building itself has been there since before the 1920s, originally being constructed in the early 1900s. Archer Avenue was long used as a portage between Displains and Chicago Rivers, and in the process of expansion and construction, unfortunately and sadly because white people ruin everything, Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple uh, burial grounds of indigenous people were destroyed to make uh, room. Because, of course. Right. As people came to work on the nearby canal, they obviously needed a place to stay and to drink. So due, its, due to its location, the Irish legend seemed prime for this. And with its demand, and with this demand, sex work became prevalent, not just at the Irish legend, but also many other establishments that popped up along Archer Avenue. When Prohibition hit, the basement was used for illegal drinking and gambling. This brings us back to the speakeasy story. And while the second floor was continued to be used for sex work, one story, which may be the source of the alleged haunting, is that of a barkeep and one of the sex workers who fell in love and began a secret relationship. Apparently, the woman was also the girlfriend of a local mob member, and when the manager found out about the relationship between the bartender and the woman, he told the mobster and sent the bartender down to the basement, where the mobster was waiting for him and murdered him. Because, logically, Mm. that's what you do. Right. But because that wasn't enough, the mobster also murdered the woman by beating her to death. Ugh. And another story about a sex worker at the Irish legend. This sex worker was beaten to death, wrapped in a blanket, rolled into the corner of the dining room until her body could be later moved. As her body sat there, apparently her blood seeped into the carpet below, where, according to legend, a mysterious stain will appear in that spot even to this day. Hmm. The kitchen of the Irish legend. Yeah, not great. The kitchen of the Irish legend has its own set of grim tales, which may contribute to the haunting. According to some, it was used as the site for illegal abortions. People who visited the Irish legend report a heavy, ominous feeling in the kitchen, as well as hearing people crying. There are reports of the sounds of men fighting, particularly in the backstairs area. Women have reported being locked in the main floor bathroom. There again, women being locked in the fucking bathroom. Right. Or feeling as if someone is holding the door shut. And of course, if you happen to be driving down Archer Avenue, you may just catch a glimpse of the infamous Resurrection Mary. And that, my friends, wraps up our haunted restaurant road trip. Love it. Thank you. I'm also very hungry, and I wish I could have eaten at every single one of those places. Same. But it's late, so I should not eat. It's too late for a road trip. It is. Damn it. Damn it. 
Damn it. But yeah, I thought it would be a fun little continuation of our spooky theme. Please send us, if you have spooky stories, please send them to us. We want to try to do spooky stories. Yeah. Every so often from our listeners and people we know. I don't want to do it once a month because I feel like that's copying off a, and that's why we drink, but just to do them every now and then just for something fun. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so email them to us at herindestoppodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Also, I feel like we haven't said it enough. I'll, I'll say this and then I'll shut up and let you say what you're going to say. Um, buy us a coffee. Yeah. We don't it's talk about that It's on our link enough. tree. Yeah, it's on our link tree on our Instagram. So buy us a coffee if you feel so inclined. And now I'll shut up and Callie, you have the floor. And our link tree is also in the show notes where you can find all things horrendous. Uh, to my Sarah... You came over on Tuesday and you were supposed to tell me a ghost story, but then we talked about other things and I'm sorry, but I still want to hear them. And thank you, Patrick, for sending us your ghost story. We'll definitely be using it the next time we tell spooky stories. Yes. And yeah, please, please send them in. Even if like you don't want us to say them on the air, we still want to read them. Or if you want to be anonymous. You could definitely be anonymous. Send us to them and just say, hey, I'd like to remain anonymous. We'll absolutely respect that. Yes. I'm good with that, too. So, yeah. All right. So, this has been Horrendous. A Best Friends podcast. Bye, besties. Bye.